1: Podcast, we are back for the fifth episode, and we have a guest this time. I'm Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca over there in the middle. Our first woman, you to ever join the Ain't Hard Tell podcast. Her name is Princess Streeter. She's the host of the W Podcast, production assistant at ESPN DC Radio doing her thing. She's been a fan of backpack broadcasting for a while. Uh, This is actually our first time meeting her. Well, you, your second second. time. My first time. uh, She's been following stuff I did in backpack broadcasting for a while, so I appreciate your support sister yeah, support. you've always been uh, supporting us but now you're here
0: yes I am and I'm very glad to be here it's a funny thing when I first met Brian I actually had to reach out to him because I was in New York of course yes which just shows y'all don't ever come to D.C. to see me but that's cool oh, <laughs> so <had> man,
1: to- <laughs> man she just put us so, on blast like that
0: <laughs> no but I was in uh, New York and I was actually at the Connecticut Sun and New York Liberty game and so me i had never been to Madison Square Garden barely ever been to New York I'm like, just it's so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm Madison skirt Garden. Oh my God, I'm just here on Media Row. So I'm just looking, I'm like, okay, so who's at the media table? And I'm like, I see a familiar name. I see Brian Fonseca. And I think it was um for the Brooklyn, what do you write for? It
2: was, yeah, Brooklyn uh, BQE Media.
0: Right. So I'm sitting here. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, Nobody's ever going to be
1: excited to see him again Aww. like
0: that. Ever. Nobody. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> a familiar I face.
2: Just my eyes. Instagram.
0: <laughs> and then he never showed up. So.
2: Damn, and she she reached out to me. I did. And she You're was like, "Yo, down. I thought you were gonna be at the game," and I was like, "Oh, nah." But are you gonna be at Big Three on Sunday? Yeah, and then connect there. So it all it yeah. all
1: worked out, and you yeah. still were you still were able to. see. So yeah. for the people that don't know, as I said, you are the host of the W Podcast, which is a podcast that focuses on the WNBA, mm-hmm. uh, yourself and your co-hosts, who I actually have never met uh, mm-hmm. either, but we have also been connected through other people. Um, how'd that come about? How's that going with the W podcast? Obviously, podcasting is a thing that we like. We're right. here. We're doing it. Um, how is that in talking about the WNBA, which maybe doesn't get the respect that it deserves? It's one of the major sports in this country.
0: Yeah, I love women's basketball. And so when I met um, Lo, her name is Lorene Irat. Goes by Lo. That's her stage name, as I love to call it. Shout out to um, Lo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sweetest girl ever. She's, of course, a New York native as well. Um, and We make it work. Like We don't have a full setup like y'all. That's why I was telling Brian. I was like, yo, y'all set up it's, like, amazing because for us, we do it basically, like, through Skype. Like, I'm in D.C., she's in New York, wow. and so um, just kind of putting that together, trying to make it sound like we're in the same room. We don't, we didn't want it to sound telephonic, so we had to, like, get a lot of equipment, an audio board, and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, the whole process of how it began is we just met, um, and we instantly started talking women's basketball. She has a very popular website that covers the WBA. Um,
1: beyond school, so the W, right? Beyond the w. Yeah. Com, mm-hmm. yes.
0: Shout out to so that. It has so many great things playing in the near future so I'm so proud of her for that and I was like when I met her I was like Beyond the W is a great outlet at the time I was living in North Carolina which is where I'm from and she was like wait like they know about Beyond the W in North Carolina I'm like girl anything women's (laughs) basketball I'm on top of it so when I finally got to meet her we just began like cultivating all these ideas and I was like it would be great to just have a podcast that's all exclusive women's basketball Um, and of course we kicked off with the WBA season this year we started At the very beginning with the draft, Mm. um, which was a very loaded and talented draft class, Um, up until now, you know we're going to have one of our reflective kind of shows of the season, just Mm -hmm. you know highlight and celebrate everything that's been going on through the year. But like you, um, like you asked, I think it's very important just to have. Um, a platform and a place where women's basketball fans can come to because they're out there. I think the really important thing that we focus on is just reaching them. A lot of them um, is is within our demographic. Like, and mm. if you think about buying power. And I mean, I think what a lot of the WBA caters to is children. So, you know, like some of the biggest games is like Camp Day or things oh, like that. Yeah, yeah and it's a lot like, of kids out there. They don't have the buying power. They don't, you know, they're not aware of like schedules and things like that. So we're like, let's reach out to the millennials who watch women's basketball, mm. the young adults, black. White, uh, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Latina, you know, um, Asian, male, uh, female. In that regard, I think I can use that respect. But, in that um, regard, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> but yeah, I mean, just across the board, we're just trying to reach out to people in our age group, and I think we've done a pretty successful job at that. We've had, we've only had one guest. I don't know what's taking us so long. We love to hear ourselves talk. I guess yeah, we only had one guest.
1: You had Roz Gold, a from uh, sideline reporter from the Warriors. She does a great job and it's yeah. for TNT.
0: Now, yep. Now she's working for I think NBA. A T V and TNT and Turner so that's amazing for her and she was like one of our high-profile guests and of course we had um, you know so many good hits just from that interview alone and then we have so many great you know um, WNBA players and personnel and even we're even gonna try to reach down to women's college basketball and coaches and and players um, just to reach out to and talk to so yes everybody if y'all are listening y'all love women's basketball or just basketball fans in general y'all love to see just Good basketball because it is really good basketball.
1: Yeah, as a basketball fan, I've always said the WNBA mm-hmm. is good basketball. I just love good basketball. I'm a basketball junkie, so yeah. I watch anything. I know that doesn't always translate with men. <laughs> Uh, the same way where they're like, man, I'm not watching the WNBA. They can't dunk. They can't do this. Um, all of which I think is ridiculous. But I think the thing you said, Princess, I'm going to let Brian get to you, is that you know the audience you're trying to reach. You're mm-hmm. reaching them and you're, you're doing a great job, the two of you, um, and also inspiring young women who are looking at people to do things in sports journalism and talk. So, mm-hmm. I commend you for that. Keep Uh-oh. doing keep okay, doing what you're doing, you. sister. Keep doing there what you're you
0: doing. Brian, go ahead. There
2: give you me go. my props. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 B, I also want to get your thoughts on, speaking of good basketball, we saw game five last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're recording this Thursday, but yeah. Last night, WNBA finals. What do you think about like everything that went on? Because not even just on the court, like we know it was a great game and everything, and it was the second time in a row where L.A. played Minnesota, and it was crazy. We had almost a full-blown comeback at the end, but Minnesota ended up hanging <laughs> on. And a lot of people were showing love, and I feel like this is something that's been going on, like, with the help of social media with the WNBA. Like it's growing through like Twitter and Facebook. I don't know what does that mean for the league necessarily in terms of like money or whatever, but I feel like it's really doing well on social media. So what are your thoughts on it from that and how good that is to see that come around even though it's a championship, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that goes back to that demographic: who's talking about, who's watching it, who's talking about it, and who can help generate that buzz around the WNBA. My only wish is that you know we would talk more about the WNBA during All Star Weekend, the draft, you yeah. know, yeah. high-profile games during the regular season, more so than just the playoffs. Or, so like you mentioned, one of the greatest you know rivalries that they've had. In the league between the Minnesota Lynx and Los Angeles Sparks, which is deservingly getting the attention that it does, and I think part of that is because it's broadcast on ABC, ESPN. Mm-hmm. While a lot of regular season games are, you know, broadcast on uh, smaller networks like, you know, for Liberty, Madison Square Garden Network. You know, people like from my hometown in North Carolina can't see that. We can't access that. So I think, um, you know, just a lot of availability, accessibility, which is, you know, not um, my job to do. That's not. I would be getting paid higher if I was solving those (laughs) problems. But no, I'm just saying, like, it's exactly how it's growing and progressing. And I'm just like, for me and Lowe's position as host of the W Podcast is just to take advantage of that and just be like, look, this is the league and the avenue that we love. We love women's basketball. We love women performing at a very high level. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it, it allows you to reach back. When you think about the young girls who, you know, have these examples growing up, like, for me, if I ever meet Lisa Leslie, I'm going to cry. Like, I mean, I'm going. I I can imagine it because I feel it coming. Like, just like in the way that I'm putting myself out there, and I've been meeting so many WBA legends. I'm like, when I lock eyes with Lisa Leslie, I'm going to have an emotional rush just because when I was seven, eight years old, and I saw her dunk for the first time in a game. I
1: Remember you that? Know, yeah. yeah.
0: And I'm just like, I've seen it with men because I have two older brothers. My yeah. dad, and my grandfather, all taught me about basketball. But when you see a woman doing it, a woman that looks like Like you, a woman who created a brand, developed the league, spearheaded it. It's like it's a different experience.
1: It's a good thing you bring up with Lisa Leslie. Do mm -hmm. people forget how much of an impact she not only had on WNBA, but when you look at women's sports as a whole and Mm -hmm. what she did for the WNBA as a woman that created her brand, could dunk, super athletic, very beautiful all those things together and she used that. Do people forget about how great Lisa Leslie was?
0: I think so, and I think even with Rebecca Lobo and Cheryl Swoops, those were the first three You know, they, um, those were the first three players to create the WNBA. And then you have Tina Thompson, who was the first player drafted to the WNBA, yep. who was for years the WNBA all time leading scorer before Diana Taurasi came along to snap that record most recently. So you think about the pioneers, even before that, the Nancy Liebermans, the Cheryl Miller's, before the WNBA was even crafted and thought of, just, you know, in that. Um, I think, American Basketball League circuit, you circuit, know, yeah. just creating that. It's like you got to remember what they've done for the brand and how even when there was no, hardly anyone watching, especially with, you know, we talk about Lance, Nancy Lieberman and Cheryl Miller, and who, there were hardly people watching, paying attention. There was no major broadcaster ESPN. They were doing it for the love of the game. Yeah. And just that wisdom to look down the line and be like, let's just – Let's just set the tone for what this can be. This can be a billion-dollar entity. This can be a reflection of women at the highest level in sports um, to inspire the next generation. And you really have to commend those women who, despite, you know, Lisa was a celebrity in her own right, but even, Mm -hmm. you know, despite all that coming in, she still did it for the love of the game and for the love of young girls. I
2: want to know this from both of you, actually. So in comparison to, I guess, say the league hasn't been around that long it's been 20 years Mm -hmm. but comparison specifically to the last five ten years do you feel like the the perception has changed of the league like for the better for worse or whatever the case may be because i again i talked about earlier how i feel like fans Mm -hmm. are at least showing it more recognition but and for those of you that don't know i did cover the new york liberty this year for you know bqe media and what I noticed when I went to games, there weren't a lot of reporters there, mm-hmm. and the ones that were there, it wasn't necessarily you know big outlets that were there. You know, I got in there, right. and there were like people from yeah, sure, ESPNW, but there were a lot of like blogs and things of that nature. So, I feel like in one, on one hand. Yes, it has improved, like, the perception, the image, or whatever. But on another hand, like, the coverage isn't necessarily there. Right. Or at least from, like, this level. You're mostly getting it from people who are trying to make their entryway into something better. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a stepping stone type of thing.
1: I'm the, I'll let Princess Princess talk about it from her perspective, but I think as a, as a man, I don't believe the perception has changed that much among men. I think men still have a lot of negative views towards the WNBA and the game and stereotypes surrounding that that hasn't allowed their mind to expand to the game. Um, So, you know, as I said before, there's still a lot of uh, people who are like, yo, I'm not not watching women's basketball. They don't think it's good basketball. I think people who really know basketball, who really love the sport – uh, men and women, those people are watching the games because they know. You look at Col- Kobe's a huge fan of the game. You see Magic Johnson. They know it's, it's high level. These are the best women in the world. and yeah. So why would I have not? You,
2: have you seen Maya Moore's Wikipedia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen I, yeah. all these accolades that, that she has? She's,
1: and she's one of the best American athletes right now and, and that doesn't get talked about. But that's, that's another issue that always happens with women kind of getting pushed to the back burner there. So I think yeah. women are supporting Uh, The sport, you look at that, you see it from the games, Mm -hmm. Um, you see a a huge presence from the LGBTQ community um, at the games, they've been uh, heavily supporting, um, but I still think a lot has to go far with men supporting, so I think when men really support it, it's going to help it a lot. Um, Is that a win or is that an if? I say when, cause I, I I'm gonna believe in the positive and change. I think there are people like right. there are people like myself who are saying, hey, I'm watching this. I have, my daughter was you know on my lap while I'm watching. Game five the other night. I'm having her, so I'm trying to make her see that. Just because I love basketball, and she needs to see positive images of women excelling athletically at the highest level. So I'm always for that. But I think as as more men open their mind and change their thinking towards things, which we will touch on later, Mm. um, Mm. that I think can happen. But, Princess, you tell me what you think the perception is... uh, as Brian asked, you know, in the NBA, is it changing? Do you think it's actually progressing?
0: Well, you made a good point when you brought up your daughter having her in your lap to watch that because, um, I feel like that's when a lot of guys' minds change. Minds change when they have a daughter, and when they're back when they're passionate about basketball, they have a daughter, then they rec then they recognize, okay, let's give her a positive role model to look at. You know, let's have her. Let, let me let me show her that her highest dreams of being a basketball player are attainable. Mm, so now let right. me turn on the WNBA. Um, and so I think with a lot of guys, like he also mentioned, on social media, when the Elena De Don and Lonzo Ball rift happened, um, basically like a Twitter battle, a lot of it was go back to the kitchen, you know, I hope, how are you going to wish, yeah. you know, bad on a kid a lot of people are also watches your game, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, a lot
2: of people are also just doing that to be funny. It's trolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a lot
0: of trolling and stuff too. But Not that with, that's right
2: either. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely you know. not
0: right. Yeah. Even with uh, with men, I I don't know, I'm not a man to know if the perception's changing, but at the same time, it's like, I, I, I'm going to go with the positive and say hopefully it's a win more than an if in the near future that guys, even before they have daughters, recognize that this is the highest level, this is the greatest these are the greatest, you know, women playing basketball in the world. When you you look at Maya Moore's resume and then let's go to the Olympics. Every single they have not lost a game in crazy. Like six Olympics, they have not lost the game. And the men this past year were struggling, losing to Argentina, like yeah. these little crazy teams and stuff like that. But we still tune in, like you still for the stardom and the and the and the you know fanfare of seeing all these superstars together. But when you look at the the talent, like the raw talent, they were beating people. They were breaking their own. Diana Diana Taurasi broke the record for the most threes in one game the next game she broke that she broke that record that had yeah. never been accomplished in like 30 <laughs> years prior she did that the next game something something crazy like that and it's like when you really look at the talent and exactly how hard these women work what all they achieve and how they just dominate over anyone else in the entire world you really just got to think about it like
1: I don't, I don't think
0: they, I don't think they, yeah, yeah I
1: don't think they get enough credit for their domination. or
2: money more money that too, well, that too more, you know bro. and that's that's a, that's, whole, that's nother. a whole nother issue
1: there, just mm-hmm. the disparity is for what they do is so great real quick before we go to break and obviously we're talking about a lot of a WNBA but NBA preseason is coming up really quick what are you excited about with this NBA season coming up
0: oh my gosh it's so different the rosters are completely different from last year and so I'm just excited to see How everyone's going to gel. I mean, you got OKC, you got their big three going on, you got everything, everybody who's coming in and out of Cleveland. Derrick Rose is there now, Dwayne Wade is there now. Boston, Kyrie Irving's trying to stand on his own, but Gordon Hayward is trying to get his respect and kind of take over as as his own team. (laughs) Who else is looking all kinds of different? Um, Everybody.
1: East looks
0: worse than it's ever been. (laughs) been. Um, Denver. They had a really good – they beat the uh, Warriors in preseason. Paul Millsap was the greatest player on the floor. I mean, it was just like – Preseason. Yeah, preseason. But, I mean, it's still, like, (laughs) exciting. I'm like, okay, you know, Houston. I mean, you got Houston. You're trying to see who's going to come – basically, like, who's going to come second behind the Warriors. you have a finals prediction? Finals it's prediction? It's way too so early, so especially where all this is going on. I know it's
2: too early. It's February. is too early to make that prediction, too. But, but yeah, I mean, we can go ahead if you
1: want to.
0: <laughs> I think I'm gonna do my conference finals prediction. All right, let's hear it. Golden State.
2: That was a hard one.
0: <laughs> I just thought out. Nobody saw. That. Right. <laughs> Nobody saw. I just thought out that heck out of him. Golden State and OKC.
1: I'd like to, I'd sign for that right now.
0: Golden State and OKC. I was going to say Houston, but until
2: Carmelo nah, got I want to see OKC, right.
0: um, Golden State and OKC, Boston, and Cleveland.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm okay, with, okay, I'm wait, wait, no, we're not done. Then from
0: there, what oh. happens? No, that's, the, that's my final. That's the final. Come finals. on. Said she's not <laughs> and to and go not to want me to get the plus minus, how many games. He like, you doing too okay, much. Okay, okay, I didn't MVP. say that. Right, he's he too much. How,
2: how he no, but here's the thing. By? If you can get to the conference finals, you can,
0: you can go a step no, further and get to the finals. No, right now. I don't want to. Why are you stressing You
2: know what? You know what? Let's go to break.
1: We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Princess about somebody who a major fail in the NFL, Mister Cam Newton, uh, disrespecting women. We we don't stand for that here on Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about that and what's going on with that. Stay tuned on Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via T Public. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting T Public online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases represent your favorite backpack broadcasting shows including the sports walk sideline stories and of course the ain't hard to tell podcast check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot backslash l-i-c backslash backpack get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them, and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to Ain't Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit It's easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code A-H-T-T-POD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who is the best car app service. So use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here with Princess Streeter of the W Podcast and ESPN production assistant for D.C. and the radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, Princess, I know your week has been good. My week has been good. But it has not been a great week for Cam Newton, uh, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. From your, Are you a Carolina Panthers fan? You're from North Carolina. Are you a Carolina Panthers fan? No. Oh.
0: <laughs> I don't, <laughs> she's like, she's I don't like, watch I'm the NFL, to that. be honest. And I actually have not had a great week, and I'll tell you why. I got a great welcome to New York. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, I got oh a great is. welcome to New York um, by having my car impounded. Uh, i only been here for five hours, and I came out of a meeting yesterday, and I walked down, and there was this big old white like paper across my windshield, and I'm like, Jesus, what is this? And an NYPD was in a truck on the passenger side of my car, like blocking me from getting out. Apparently, I had gotten the ticket at 4.17 p.m., and they give you two hours before they tow your car. I walked outside at 6.13. Like, they were on the way. Damn. I had four minutes to get all my ducks in a row, so I couldn't do it. So I just had to wait it out, and at, like, 1 o'clock this morning, I finally got my car free. And it is now in a parking deck, safe and sound.
1: Safe and sound. All, yeah. all because you just didn't see the signage of it. You, it what was the situation not being a com- okay, commercial Okay,
0: is it something wow. like commercial? But the thing is is that <laughs> the there signs a, of New York are like crazy But though. the thing is that York there was a parking carrier. meter to the side right beside my car there was a parking meter. So I'm like, Oh I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm I got the meter running, like I'm fine and then I come out to a boot. Yeah. Embarrassment. People are just some of which y'all New Yorkers. Y'all are so no. annoying. That's there are people. No, I'm not. People, no,
1: I'm not objecting to that. When you, oh. I've got my car booted before. When you get your car booted, there's
0: a crowd.
1: People like they put this, they put the, the thing on your car, and people have to look like they don't know what the sticker is. They're looking by like, what happened to the car? Are we gonna do? It? Here's my annoyance, and I'm a <laughs> born and raised New Yorker. Why are you looking at me if you're not gonna help me?
0: Exactly. Are you gonna help me? Does that benefit <laughs> you at all? It was a crowd of like six or seven people watching. Watching us like dispute with the NYPD you know I'm trying to do my little southern smooth talking like hey if I slide you a 100 real quick can we just nah, make all this go work. away and he's looking like nah, it's already been processed boo they coming so <laughs> it was like I'm and it was like I'm just trying to talk to the NYPD trying to figure out exactly what's happening where I gotta go next there is a crowd of people watching me and I'm and just you know like, what they're saying
2: they're like this they're like yo yeah, 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 yo know, or, or just up. making she it taste like I, can,
0: I, can, well, I, can't I can't imagine
2: I can't imagine because I don't drive yet but that has happened to me multiple times in grant the photo Yo, you did not here. just link that to Grand Theft Auto. Get the out of
1: here. You he did not bring it back. All right, so, Princess <laughs> is, is money, weak. Brian, this is money. <laughs> <laughs> Princess, the money well, in that Princess game got too. her car back. <laughs> I got right? it back. She it did not lose down. her car. However, Cameron Newton, quarterback of the <laughs> Panthers, he lost an endorsement, and that was yeah. with Dannon. Nice. see how we, we tied it all back I in. I like how you Is did that. that yeah, yeah, yeah we, t- we tied it all back in. Now, for those of you who might not be in the know or don't know what happened, uh, Cam Newton was at a press conference on Wednesday in which a reporter from uh, Jordan Rodrigue from uh, I forget what outlet she's from, but she was at the press conference, which Cam Newton was talking it might about. might have been Charlotte. Observer. I think it was a Charlotte observer, observer, actually, to be exact. And she asked Mr. Newton a question about the physicality of route running by his receivers. However, uh, Cam started laughing when she asked the question and said, quote, I think it's funny to hear a female talk about roots. It's yes. funny. And then he made a couple of faces which were condescending. That's the key. And it's the faces. And the faces. And, and, actual so, like, and actual
0: laughter. And actual laughter.
1: Now, before I get into it and Brian talks about it. Princess, you are a woman uh, journalist in the sports journalism field. Uh, I'm pretty sure you would not like to be referred to as a female. And for those of you out there who's thinking, what's the big deal with that? You were lost. But it's not on me to say that. I'm going to let Princess tell y'all the reaction to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so we can just talk about terminology and just the impact that it has on just the respect factor. I mean, yeah. and you know, when you like you you realize how surprised I was when you shared my sentiments and why women don't like being called females because it really just it really just minimizes us to like you said a species. Like there's no difference between a female human versus a female squirrel, a female dog on the street. Like, I am a woman. I have humanity. I have thoughts. I have, I think it's what separates, like, humans and animals is, like, we have thoughts to process, like, what we do past like survival. Like, we're thinking about let me go get groceries and stuff like that. All they're thinking is, like, let me eat. So I'm like, I process. Like, I live life. I think, like, I need you to respect my humanity, my womanhood. And I feel like I feel like a piece of that is what's missing, you know? And when guys are, like, yeah, those females over there, those female sports reporters who, like, you're sitting in, I've been in the press box all day, I'm Mm -hmm. here at your press conference, they they open the floor for questions, and you think I'm not going to ask you about routes, you and Kelvin Benjamin, like, you know what I'm saying, like, running routes, and I'm just like... It's, you, we still got along. We've still got a long way to go when it comes to the respect of women on so in so many industries. It, it's not just sports. It's the tech yep. industry. It's business. It's finance. We're just women are here. You know, there's a platform with sports because all eyes are on Cam Newton. You know, he's being recorded saying this, but it's just like in so many avenues of day-to-day life and how we women operate and step into you know different roles, especially male-dominated fields. Like we're still fighting for or just respect.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I'll let Brian touch on this, but I just think it's because men have done a horrible job of respecting women, period. Mm-hmm. And I I think you see that, and that's so ingrained and passed down into men of younger generations, and we're not holding them accountable. In terms of holding people accountable, I think what bothers me is one, I don't see what was funny about the question that the woman asked. I still don't yeah, it understand what question. I still don't understand what Cam Newton found funny. And Cam Newton, who as a player I really liked, he has been going on a downward hill slope since he won the MVP and there's a lot of things I could get into as why as far as that but it's disappointing what was disappointing to me Princess and Brian was that not one man and you know obviously sports journalism is a male dominated industry not one man in that press conference another journalist followed up with a question to Cam Newton and been like yo what's so funny about what She asked, because we don't see what's funny. But I get it. Everybody wants to hide behind this sexism. Let's call it what it is. It's a sexist statement. And nobody wants to lose their jobs, lose their position of being able to access and cover the Carolina Panthers. But I think it's a bad job when not one male reporter... Okay. Not one man stepped up and said that at all whatsoever, and I think when we don't step up uh, for our women, we don't show the respect for our women, these is why, these, this is why we have comments like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and another element of this, too, was like, of all people, it could have been, like, why Cam Newton? Because I knew that he was going to get it, like, for obvious reasons, he was going to get it worse than just about anybody else on that mm-hmm. front, but yeah, I agree with you, Like. I think the reporters may have just been shell-shocked in combination with wanting to protect, you know, their access to the Panthers practice. But I'm more so surprised, like, why are we not past that yet? Cause I was I saw the headline and I saw what he actually said, because I didn't believe it. Or not that I didn't believe it, but I didn't it didn't process it. And then I saw it, Cam Newton, how he reacted. The faces is what got me, and then I was just like, really? We're still doing this? It was more so like that. However, Not to kind of like poo poo that, but there's also another element to this we learned about today, just a few hours ago. So, Dexter, if you want to introduce that. Yeah,
1: I'll introduce that. So, the journalist Jordan Rodrigue uh, now is, you know, everybody does their digging and everybody's looking for receipts, right, on Twitter. So, everybody's looking, Princess, and they've dug up the fact that she had some racist tweets. Uh, from a couple years ago in which she laughed at her father making racist jokes on a trip and also used the N-word a couple of times. Now, what I see being problematic here is I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, well, this woman's not a good person because she had some racist tweets and sort of kind of justifying what Cam Newton says and what I would say is to ask princesses, what is your reaction to that, those people who are trying to justify what Cam Newton did because of this woman's previous racist tweets?
0: It's completely unjustifiable. Like, it's it's two separate things. Um, when you come, when you think about Cam Newton and the position that he holds as a public figure and as an athlete and as, you know, someone that people follow, um, I don't really, pass out the role model, you know, term that often nowadays, because some of these guys are a little crazy. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, it's definitely unjustifiable. What Cam Newton said, in the manner that he said it, was just, it was really disgusting. It's like, bro, this is not the 1950s where you're surprised, you shouldn't be surprised to see a woman in the locker room. You shouldn't be surprised to see a um, woman, you know, being play by play. You shouldn't be surprised to see a woman headlining Sports Center, you know, doing more than just um, managing to talking heads and opinion, you know, that's a lot of the ways that the sports shows have kind of gone in that format with two men and a woman's in between, like, well, let me just introduce the next topic. How about you have a woman that has the opinion on that side? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm That you should be surprised. Yes, and Josina, I mean, Josina, first of all, is a UNC Tar Heel. She is. um, Mm -hmm. Like myself, and so of course she gets all my respect for that, but just the way that she's so involved with the NFL and how eloquent she is, and, you know, I'm just, that should not be a surprise to have someone who's that informed. And mm-hmm. Josina is heavy in the NFL world. Oh, like heavy. Men respect her so much. So even for her and all the knowledge that she has, all the connections that she's built, there should be no surprise there. Even if it's someone who's just starting out their first day covering the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. or the Atlanta Falcons or whatever, still should be no surprise. It's, it's just... Cam just—he—he's a—he just uh, he, he's a, he's got a lot of growing up to do still, and I mean, being in the public, you know, you, your rookie contract is up. You got this big old whopping—he's grown. He's almost thirty. You got he's this just, big old whopping contract It's like him. We thought you would learn by now, but it's—it's. Uh, it's- my problem
2: with this is obviously like both wrong, but that's my thing here is that they're both wrong and people just don't want to accept that. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, going it. back to Jordan, I forgot about the, the racist tweet. Yeah, she wrong for that. I don't care if it was 5, 10, <laughs> 12 years ago. I mean, right. you dropping the an N word and you're not an African American and you're using it in a, in a derogatory context is completely it. wrong. And she, she didn't delete it. it. Like I mean, now, and now it's way too late. But it's yeah. just like she probably has, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't absolve. And I don't yeah. think any of us are saying that that doesn't absolve no, Cam Newton both of sexism. Both yeah. of them are, are wrong. Yes.
2: He's wrong for sexism. And sexism she's wrong, she's wrong, wrong for racism. racism. And it can be that my issue is that people just want to take sides, yeah. just for the sake of taking sides. This is where I just get off. And the that's car, that's
1: like, corny. If you and that. I'm gonna call people out. If you're if you're black and even if you are a Cam Newton fan and you know that he messed up. You can't, you know that women are an oppressed group. You can't support sexism mm-hmm. and justify it and then be like oh man I'm against racism as an oppressed group of people of black people you can't put down women you can't put down other groups that are oppressed and then expect people to be cool with that that's mm-hmm. not cool now one of the things I think you brought a princess that's very interesting you talked about hey this is in the 50s you shouldn't be surprised to see a woman broadcasting you shouldn't be surprised to see a woman sitting here and talking with two guys actually giving opinions and not being a moderator mm-hmm. <laughs> which you're right we see too much of on TV, you've been in locker rooms, you've been in the in, in the space, you've been around uh, sports for a while, and sometimes you hear crazy things and you get crazy questions as a woman journalist. And we were talking about this before we came on. What are some of the things you've heard, experienced, and do you feel like we're progressing in that manner? Like, are men actually being more accepting of women being around sports journalism? I
0: think it kind of depends on if you're cute or not. Seriously mm. for men. Um, mm. because they're always gonna give you a side eye and it all it also depends on what role you're in. If you're in that very opinionated role, they're gonna be like, Well, she doesn't really know her stuff. She's just a talking head, she's just throwing her opinion out there. She could have looked up the stats five minutes beforehand. I've heard someone say that. Damn. Talking about Jamel Hill on the six. Her and Michael got into like a like a like a debate about I forgot what it was, but mm-hmm. so I was just like, All right. Um <laughs> then it also depends on if you're cute or not, like, you know, uh, It just does. A lot of this is very, you know, very appearance-based. But just me myself and my own experience. When I was in college, um, I was covering a UNC and Duke game, a men's basketball game. And so the, you know, placement in the a lot of arenas. If it's full, on you know press row, they'll move you up a little bit higher. Kind of out the way. Still see the game, still in the atmosphere. No big deal. So I moved up higher, um, and there was a former NBA player there. from the what 80s, 90s, I would say, early 80s, yeah. Um, and so I was like, wow, you know, it's such a pleasure to meet you. You're a legend in this, you know, in this game, and just everything that you know. And this is what I'm trying to do. This and the third, I'm like 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, yeah. So did you know that about me? You know, I was, you know, saying things that I had known about him. He's like, yeah. Did you know that about me before you watched the documentary? It was a very popular documentary that came out about him, probably like six months prior. And I was like. Yeah, I did actually, and I told him another nugget about himself, which he thought was a little bit more. You're surprised. Yeah, he was more surprised. He thought that was, and I think the way I said it was very matter of fact, like, bro, don't try to play me. Yeah. And so I think with that, he was more like, okay, all right, cool. Like you passed my test, you passed my my trivia. You know what I'm saying? And I think.
1: Do you think that same test or that same attitude is given towards a? Man who's also in sports journalism at the same age as you. Do you feel like he's getting that same directive question? Absolutely
0: him? not. I don't think I don't think ageism was a factor there. I think it was more so just sexism. Like for women, they think that. I think a lot of them think we're in the locker rooms just to look at the guys that think we're on TV just to be TV personalities, Like they don't really, you know, get the concept of women, being, women sitting down, being able to dissect football, even going past broadcasting. Let's talk about coaching. Mm. Let's talk about ownership. Let's talk about, you know, being general managers and making the decisions and having hands in the processes of a billion-dollar NFL team. People still don't people still think that's very odd like you think about Jen Welter who's coaching for the Arizona Cardinals yes. Becky Hammond who's you know being an assistant to the Spurs she won the um, they won the Summer League two years ago Yep. Behind, with her as the head, the head coach. coach, yeah, and I'm just like, with all the success that we still make, people are still just very skeptical of women being in those roles when it comes to sports.
2: I forgot the show, but I saw like in response to the Cam Newton thing, they had a like a football show, mm-hmm. and it was all women like hosting, producing, mm-hmm. and things like that. So I, I love thought that. I was pretty cool too. Like, I love to that ESPN
0: has the trifecta, which had, <laughs> yep. um, um, oh, yeah. yeah, they had them up there before. What's her name left, and it was just like. That was a big piece. I mean, it was three, three Caucasian women. You know, you still got some, you still can add some mixing up, some diversity in there, but it's still women talking about sports, interviewing men, you know, hosting like a, a segment right here to just have mm-hmm. the dialogue about the sport or whatever mm-hmm. the topic is, and I think that's so important, you know, just to show that we are leading in, in that right.
2: Speaking of, getting back to Cam Newton real quick. Do we care about Dannon ending their sponsorship with him? Uh, after in the aftermath of this, because I just saw that Shannon Sharp had a theory that Cam Newton, he says that they wanted out after he did the touchdown and then put his fists in the air, as opposed to like in response to the sexist comments.
1: I mean, that could be true, but we're never
2: probably going to know the story in that.
1: The bottom line is, Dan has a right to not want to align themselves with any kind of sexist comments. I I personally don't blame him. I mean, and maybe I'm kind of glad. Maybe this will be a wake-up for Cam. To be like, there are consequences for saying these things, and maybe you need to learn. I think where Cam failed, and Princess, you can let me know if you agree, is I don't think he got out in front of this. He wasn't apologetic. Mm-hmm. The reporter claims that she spoke to him, and he didn't apologize. He should have put out a statement, not the Carolina Panthers. He should have came he out. said anything? I haven't heard him say anything. I don't, think, I don't think, so. think to this point we've heard anything. Maybe that happens by the time this is released, but we haven't heard anything. And I think yeah. that's very telling, right? You're not willing to come and meet uh, a woman journalist and really level with her and under even if you don't understand, yeah. like he might not fully understand why he should not use the word female when it comes to describing women. But somebody needs to educate him on that soon. And as y'all said it before, he's just—he's too grown now. All
0: right, yeah, he's he is too grown. grown. And like you, you mentioned this earlier. It's very important for men to tell other men that yeah. that's not acceptable because yep. we have been telling them for years that we're not comfortable. I've told every man I've come across. It's like, yo, y'all female. Uh, stop right there, y'all. Mm-hmm. Especially not the b word. Like, uh, that's just the conversation is completely over at that point. But it's like y'all fem- mm-hmm. all y'all females do or females like that you know, stuff like I'm like "Mm, pause like I'm gonna tell you why I don't like it but for some reason doesn't really resonate unless another man is like look let's talk about this for a second a woman just told you she was uncomfortable about this I'm sure this isn't your first time hearing it and the going by example, and I feel like in a lot of times in conversation between guys, like a lot of things you might say, especially with women. I mean, conversation in general, you get really comfortable. You don't really think about everything that you're saying. You just, it just can kind of roll off the tongue. And right. so it's more like just being conscious of that and thinking like, okay, so what I'm saying now to my homeboy in our private talks is really going to affect him when he goes out in public and speaks a certain type of way.
2: It yeah. also doesn't help that a lot of us are stupid.
0: <laughs> well, let's, well, I'm not going to put myself
1: there because I consider myself pretty smart. There's a lot of stupid people. One thing before we right. go to break that I want to ask you because you touched upon uh, opportunities for women beside just in broadcasting you talked about coaching and management and mm. things of that nature and I think for things to change in anything in diversity there has to be people in positions of power that can actually say hey we need to put women here we need more Latinos here in yeah. journalism we need more black people in journalism, more Asian people here, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to uh, Ray show. uh, I believe I was Mike Francesa, actually. I was listening to him earlier summer, and I heard this. I heard this, the Pope. He's called the Pope here. But he said that there never would be – somebody called and said, hey, do you ever think there will be a woman to coach in the NBA? And he was like, oh, no. Are you crazy? It'll never happen. And you brought up Becky Hammond, uh, who – is, you know, coach the summer league team as assistant on the Spurs, very highly regarded in the NBA, I think definitely could coach. I say Mike Francesca is, is tripping for that kind of reaction. What do you say to that, and do you think we could see a woman coach? I think the NBA be first because they're just the most progressive league, but do, could you see a woman coaching in the WNBA in the near future?
0: I honestly think that when Greg Popovich retires in the next, I would say about five or six more years that he has, he is, if he has any say in the matter, he's going mm. to point directly to Becky Hammond. When we, Greg Popovich has been woke. I mean, sure. a, everything you ask about Greg Popovich, he is, he is one to, even just recently, he was one to, you know, criticize whiteness and the power that, yeah. you know, that, you know, white you men have. Right. You, and you need that from white men. Mm-hmm. The power that white men have. And he just addressed the, um, what's it called? The, um, he addressed the issue of white supremacy the, and supremacy and privilege. privilege that's yeah, mm-hmm. he, he addressed his own privilege, and I think that's so important. And you just him being an older man, you don't see that that often. A lot of older men are stuck in their ways, the way they were raised is the way that they're gonna stay. You know, things like that. He's one that's a progressive thinker. I think going beyond the league, just him himself, and the power that he has, the resume that he has, the you know the team that he's built over time. If they ask him, who do you want your successor to be? I think it's gonna be Becky Hill. She I was offered She was offered a head coaching job at the University of Florida this past season, mm-hmm. and she didn't take it. Everyone was like, oh, Becky, this would be amazing for their women's dancehall program. Yeah. Everyone was like, this would be amazing for you. You can dominate in the field of women's college basketball. And we never heard anything else about it. They yeah. hired another coach. And I was like, she's coming for that spot, that first. Mm-hmm. She's proven herself. Like I said, her, her um, summer league success just... Being a very calculated player, everything Greg Popovich says about her is that she's very intelligent. She knows basketball. She knows plays. She knows spacing. She knows placement. She knows the how NBA players move versus college players. You know, how you got to kind of let them have their, you know, they're grown men. You got to let them, they're going to have some pushback. Things like she, he says she understands that. And I'm like, when you have all that together and the support of a Hall of Fame coach behind you. It's inevitable, and I think she's going to be – I don't see anybody else coming close to her. I think Nancy Lieberman is like a consultant for the Sacramento Kings. Kings. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think she's actually in an official coaching position. So for someone to just kind of move up off the move from assistant to head, I'd definitely say Becky.
2: Yeah, and you're right because – you and you just touched on this. She's in the right system. Like
0: yeah. Like all the places you can be – to kind of break
2: down that barrier, San Antonio is a place, and they've kind of demonstrated why they're very progressive in that aspect. And that's if another team doesn't you know, snatch doesn't her snatch up first. Her first. Right, yeah, right. It, it's, good.
1: it's definitely going to be interesting. We, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a lot of things to talk about. You know how we do in the third segment. It's always about music, entertainment, some of the crazy stuff going on in the world of sports. We'll talk more about that when we continue on Ain't Hard to Tell.
2: Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports.
1: The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and backpackbroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues. In the world of sports watch all 13 episodes from season one and take the sports walk today <laughs> all right brian is laughing before we even get hilarious. back and we're <laughs> laughing in this continuation of the a heart to tell podcast <laughs> as we're joined by princess streeter of the w podcast great podcast you guys have to check that out uh, really great podcast talking about the WNBA, everything going on in sports ladies support that men more importantly really support that that's what i'm talking um, about we really need that but you know we, we got some serious topics we talked a little bit about cameron newin and his ridiculousness but there's always this crazy stuff going on in the world of sports guys always somebody once a week does something that you're just like what's going on once All a right? week yeah maybe multiple <laughs> times a week probably right we just call it at the right time well, I'm gonna be, com- be completely honest here. I am not the biggest hockey guy here. I'm not the biggest hockey person. But uh, former NHL forward Jerry Hudler <laughs> brought new meaning to the term "sky high." <laughs> he was on a plane and we requested cocaine. Yes, he wanted to get high.
2: And he cocaine tried to pee. A hell of a drug. And he tried to pee on the food cart on the flight too. Oh. And he
1: tried. So I mean, I feel like he probably was already high. Ow. When you hear things like this, Princess, in the world of sports, and somebody is trying to get high on a plane, higher than they're already high, what, what do you, I don't even know what to say. I don't know if there's anything to say to this. Other First this of all, crazy. he hold on. showed up
0: high. There was no the, trying to get high. The, if do, you,
2: do you care to have some more details to this? Before throw some down.
0: in there. Okay. <gasps> he did it in the bathroom. He was okay, high. hold
2: on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. hold <laughs> on. Slow down, slow down. So according to a report from Czech newspaper, the Delta Airlines flight staff on that trip has accused Huddler of having a belligerent outburst on the plane in which he demanded cocaine from flight attendant. That flight attendant assumed Huddler's request for coke <laughs> was in reference to soda, but he allegedly further clarified that he was in the market for the white powder. This is from CBS Sports. Do we sugar want more booger. details to that? Booger sugar. Let's see. He like how,
1: like how ridiculous are you that you have to clarify your desire for cocaine and then say, yo, I want some of that white powder. Just like, go like, and we'll know what you're talking yeah, about. Like, I don't do it, but you know what I'm saying. Just,
0: do y'all still call it booger sugar? I feel like back in the '70s I, is what they called it.
1: I have no, I've heard that term from older people. I have never said that term in my life, and I hope we never say that on this program again.
0: Uh, I like it. Okay, <laughs> I'm not knocking okay. okay. you for say, saying
1: it. Oh, I hope we never. That, that would have been better than asking for some of that white powder. I'm just saying. That is. Be okay. Uh,
0: so apparently, yeah, he was accused of doing cocaine in the plane's bathroom and then attempting to urinate on a food court. It's very confusing why he wouldn't just pee in the bathroom if he was already there doing cocaine, but that's neither here nor there. I like this writer. <laughs> who wrote that?
2: Uh <laughs> Pete Blackburn who covers hockey. I like, you, P, hockey. That's so I like the story, period. Why would you just, this would you just I I
0: I, 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 didn't say,
2: I wish somebody had video of this. Do that's you wild. have do you have a wild airplane or party story? That I mean I don't want to say nothing it. that's going to top that.
0: <laughs> tell you that oh guys, here's the kicker: in 2015, hudler won the NHL's Lady Bing Trophy, given to the player a judge to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship. Yes, and gentlemanly conduct. Maybe the he high was just giving playing. everybody coke,
1: so everybody was, was like, <laughs> coke in the league is like, yo. He's a great sportsman.
2: Maybe that's why I he got There's always something at the end, but yes. I he, feel
0: like Coke is a big thing in hockey. Remember Aaron Andrews' boyfriend was like wait. big you, on Coke?
2: You yeah. missed the part where it says he accepted the award while shoeless.
0: Oh he was hiding too. <laughs> <So he's laughs> <high> too. <laughs> he was hiding so. in a suit. Oh he had on a suit and no shoe. Yeah. Sometimes you wear a shit. The
2: no hold man. on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold a on, video. on, hold on. Yeah, I right. think yeah, he got it from Russell Peters. He's wearing socks. all of him. He has red socks. This is this is not great audio for the people listening.
1: Well, I mean, oh. yeah, because well, no, nobody can see it, but you can go check this video out yourself. CBSSports.com. Um, you he accepts CBS the
2: award. He has a full... Two three or three piece suit. suit. I want to say three just because it'd be funnier if it's a three piece suit. And he has red dress socks on and he's accepting the award. Hi. His face is not yeah. red, but he's blinking a lot. Cocaine he's is smiling, he's smirking.
0: I didn't know you could function on cocaine until I saw Wolf on Wall Street where they were just like, <laughs> he, sno- he would hit the, the coke and then go start his and have like orange juice. Like, Let's I didn't know you star could. Start his day.
1: Make not show up meetings. to his means all on the time, but he was he was powering through. We are not by any means promoting. Yeah, no no no, 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 no. I, I just didn't. I just know. Want to be clear. That's how like, that could work. Oh, yeah. I thought
0: like you 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 do cocaine, you got to sit down for a while and yeah, like. I don't I wouldn't know. I he wouldn't know good. the
1: effects of my body. We are not Me saying that you should do what you saw on Wolf of Wall Street. He was very successful, but I, then you saw part where he, he couldn't drive his car, and that's all. If you didn't see the movie, you wouldn't know. Oh, and he, he
0: was so yeah. up. Yeah, I've
1: never even smoked weed. He definitely, he definitely, he definitely, he definitely was so. Kids, we're not saying to do drugs at all, what's, what whatsoever.
0: All, all right, next topic. Let's yeah, yeah, about yeah. Drugs. I mean, we, we got we got we're gonna move off of that. Yeah. We're, we're, we
1: haven't explained ourselves too much. We're back um, One of the <laughs> other things we saw we saw this week that kind of got into a, a, a issue, if you want to say, if cultural appropriation was, uh, Jeremy Lin. He's been he's rocking the the dreads. He's got some dreads with the fade, with the fade, That's with cold. The fade on the side. So Jeremy Lin has got Princess. You're shaking your head. Uh, Jeremy Lin, for people who don't know, uh, is Asian American basketball player. Had uh, his Lynn's sanity run with the New York Knicks, now plays for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, one of their starting guards, and he's rocking the dreads. Kenyon Martin, former net uh, great, if you want to say, he's not feeling the dreads. Um, what, what was his quote line? What was Kenny Martin's quote? To he was
0: like, I appreciate, I appreciate that says,
1: I have to and you black. have. So yeah, well, Kenny Martin said that. Okay. Yes. Kenny Martin came and said, "Stop trying to be black." There's always, obviously, an issue. I think sometimes within the black community where it's like somebody tries to take something that's from our culture and do it, and it's cultural appropriation. Is this a case of that? Is this problematic, Princess? Are you with Kenny Martin on this? And what are your thoughts on Jeremy
2: Lin rocking the dreads? It should be noted that Kenny Martin also has Chinese tattoos on his a uh, forum
0: or arm. I that guess. was Jeremy Lin's, yeah, that was Jeremy. Even though Jeremy
2: Lin is to... not Chinese, let's no. also be
1: clear He's
0: about that, from too. from
2: Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah.
0: yes. Oh, that got interesting because I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so, basically, uh, I'm not with it. I'm not with. I think uh, certain hairstyles that were created by from Af- not even African Americans from African roots. Um, I think those are should be left exclusively to african-american people people of the african diaspora i'll say and there's always that rebuttal like well y'all put in white people hair in y'all head and y'all dye y'all hair blonde and stuff my reasoning for that is because the, most of the styles that i'm talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. braids locks um I had corn certain styles.
1: i would pay for pictures of that high school
0: ew that, i had, an, ew, afro, I had I bet an afro i bet they weren't straight were they straight or they crooked
2: uh, oh, she coming at your I neck right the now, like,
0: They had to be crooked. crooked. No, nah, I think they were
2: straight. Who was I mean, the park, who's, I, who's doing it? I'm not talking about the parts. My, my right. older sister. Oh. Okay, so we're going to get off topic, but who cares? Uh, no, well, we're coming back to Jeremy Lamb. No, we're coming back.
1: And we will have pictures of this later for people watching the video. We are going to, sit, to, to somehow find, get I have, pictures I have, I have to find
2: pictures. I was 16. I started growing out my hair. Uh, is it
0: curly or is it like a fro?
2: No, it was a fro. Is it kinky? I had a, okay. I had a fro. I played basketball with it, I ran track with it.
0: Uh, I just can't picture him like that. I can't
2: either, but this picture is This is my junior year of high school, right? So I had the afro, I wanted to get it braided, got the cornrows three different times. During basketball season two, had to do rag, had to keep it right, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I used to rock with that. I grew out my hair for 366 days and then I finally cut it. In the summer, it was, like, June, yeah, from May 31st, 2010 to June 1st, 2011. And, yeah, then I got back to, like, whatever this is. Yeah. Actually, whatever. no, 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 I had a high-top fade for a while. And or maybe people were, top. like, whatever. Wow, you were
1: experimenting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so he, so he as, a, as a Puerto Rican man, he had the cornrows. But we're talking about Jeremy Lin as an Asian-American man rocking right. the dreads. Just to get back to your point. You were saying that you feel that some of these styles uh, should be for people of the diaspora.
0: Right, because a lot of them have been... No, there are no
2: pictures on my Instagram. <laughs>
0: <not>. <laughs> a lot of them have been... De- when they are worn on African-Americans, they have been deemed unkempt, yes. dirty, unprofessional. Um, basically, those are kind of like the three points that you kind of get to with it. Then you get to a lot, that's a lot of why the card. Kardashians got flack or these high um, like catalog magazines catch flack because it's like, oh, so when you want to wear, or Katy Perry, when you want to wear purple braids, mm. you know, and now take that cool. from us, one, it's not, it's cool, and second of all, it's marketable. Like, you make mm. millions off of that. Zendaya, who's half African-American, mm-hmm. um, yep. she was, she, apparently, someone says she smells like marijuana, she smokes marijuana, and it's just like, there's so many, it's the narrative of it. It's like, and then I think black people just kind of look cuter with <laughs> locks and, and braids.
2: There, there's actually more layers to this than I know because yeah, I, like, I like researched this and I wrote about it for Nets Daily and basically Jeremy Lin said in his piece for the Players Tribune which he was talking about the hair like he wanted to know like is he offending anybody he wanted to know from people like that and he talked about it with his teammates Ronnie Hollis Jefferson Harris Laver- don't count Ka- <laughs> damn see what
0: he be wearing like <laughs>
2: damn <laughs> Harris Laverne <laughs> suggested what type of braids should he get Ronnie Hollis Jefferson was like I'll grow out my dreads with you D'Angelo Russell uh, yeah for see, his not like a that's solidarity more, that's more thing. that unity stuff this is and not you know, a I solid like, <laughs> oh yeah let's grow because you're, because you
0: a asian american man are growing your dreads out i'm with you i got your back nah, no he bro makes, nah. yeah but he, and he's not even growing them out those are the Fetty wap extension dreads <laughs> i know he had that crazy mohawk but it don't lock up like that yeah but he he i you're will say this.
2: That. i will not that i'm defending because i don't i don't give a damn about whatever but he's just saying like we do
0: like, <laughs> 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 tell him two times. yeah
2: but he's just saying like Basically, like he's approaching this, and he wrote to people like, "Yeah, let me know if I'm offending anybody, whatever." Like, I he didn't see like, that because I showed him a wrote back. Like, yeah. It's well, here's the, the thing: all here the players. The he seems th- like the kind of dude, like if he's being offensive, then he'll be like, "All right, I'll go back to wearing
1: like." Whatever. Okay. But here's the thing, and I, Princess, you let me know if you were thinking about this too. Okay. In all his, and I, I, Pablo Torre, I think also wrote a piece on this too. In all his uh, research, if you want to say, and going and talking to some black players in the league, his teammates, should he do this? Now, one of them was like nah son you might want you you might want to chill you might want to chill on that Mm -hmm. like the best response he got was from ronde hollis jefferson who i'd like to talk to about this you were like oh Mm -hmm. let's do this in unity together like now look i mean I, I don't know, and I, Princess, I'm going to go back to another thing. You were talking about how sometimes the rebuttal will be from people who are like, oh, well, like, well, black people, you've had to straighten your hair. You've had to do these things for your hair. And historically, we know that with the hair straightening it was, was to conform to standards of white beauty, right? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't do that, you weren't going to get hired. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to get a job here because your hair was too kinky, nappy, uh, un- unkept, as you said before. Mm-hmm. Um... Is that that an excuse for people that are coming back with this rebuttal? Like, Like, what's your response to that?
0: Definitely not. There's still so many layers that you have to peel back about slavery, about Jim Crow, about white supremacy. You know, when it comes to... Because if you go back to our roots, especially like I was saying this earlier to you guys, I was like, it's a lot tougher when it comes to cultural appropriation when it comes to black women. Yeah. African women, their hair it can mean signs of like, you know affluence or power or it just means it can mean so many different things we pass that to our our culture now like i said throughout the diaspora on so many different continents and even when we don't think about it like even sometimes with women we could be tore up on the inside but as long as our hair looks fly we're going to go out and conquer the day it's something just about Hair and that just connectivity to our spirits that just runs very deep, and so when throughout years past slavery and you have the minstrel shows that depict us in all types mm-hmm. of different ways, or just crazy stereotypes throughout history that have made us and what we have naturally seem un-unbeautiful, ugly, just not yeah. beautiful. Now for it to just come right back around, make a full circle, and not even. And it's not even that us we're reclaiming it and getting the marketing and value for it or we'll getting we're getting the praise for it. It's a different culture that it gets to after hundreds of years of being slapped down for what we naturally have, another culture gets to take that on and all of a sudden it's beautiful, it's trendy, it's worth millions. Like that's insulting. And that's where culture that's why, you know, black women are just so we're just so bothered by culture appropriate everybody's like everybody it's just a hairstyle it doesn't matter anybody can wear braids. you know it's more than just a hairstyle
1: one thing i'll say there with you saying all that and i completely agree with you i think you're 100 percent right i am also not surprised that the brothers here the black men mm-hmm. do not see that yeah and they're just like oh yeah we're gonna grow our dreads together in exactly. unity yo uh, <laughs> Rodney hollis jefferson i like you but nah Nah. nah, bro. We, we ain't licking arms and licking
2: dreads. Nah. <laughs> but you know you know what, though? This actually, what you said, like, they're taking it basically from your culture. And that also sounds like, remember the whole thing about the N-word? And it's like, oh, how come they could say it and we can't? And that whole thing. Hey. White people were trying to be like, oh, when you guys say it in rap songs, it's offensive. But how come when we repeat the lyrics? Or how come when we say it in our spare time, it's offensive? And it's just a matter of people not getting what, not even what it means, but just not understanding culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and sometimes the, the, some things in culture is not for you, and I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And that's and fine. The culture My,
0: ain't for everybody. I'm not trying it's to take something from somebody else's culture. It's, it's not. not what I'm here for. And let's, right.
2: be, and let's be, also, let's be real. Let's be real about like what culture is, because we know like, if people are talking about culture, they're obviously talking about black culture. And if white people are talking about it, they're usually talking about taking things from black culture, because they're not talking about their own. They're right. never talking about that, right. or just about ever. So there's also that. There's also another wrinkle to this Jeremy Lin thing, for what it's worth, where he talked about, like, he had, he had conversations with, let's see, Ronde D'Lo, Karis Laver, somebody who's an African-American on the NETS staff named Savannah Hart, talked about the process, how he was really unsure about getting dredged because he was worried about appropriating gla- uh, black culture. She said, if it wasn't his attention... She said that if it was intention to be dismissive of another culture, Jeremy says, then it may be an opportunity to learn about that culture. To that you say what?
0: No. Wearing, <laughs> no. I like that. She was like, nah. No. Changing your hairstyle does not teach you anything. I mean, it can, <laughs> it can give people the inside of what all we go through to, you know, grow our hair, maintain our hair. Like a lot of people don't know. How long do you think, so if I got braids in my hair, how long do you think that could take to do?
2: Oh, I, it takes hours, doesn't it?
0: How yeah. many? How long do you think it's taking? I mean, I've, I've, I've literally watched minute. it, so I know.
2: Okay. So from what my friends have told me when they've got their hair done, uh, usually it takes like an entire afternoon, just about. Mm. Like like more. Four, eleven
0: six six hours. hours. Eleven hours.
2: I've seen ten, eleven, twelve hours. I've seen it. I've seen six, eight, four, six, eight, yeah. Yeah,
0: eleven hours. Like, is that? Basically an, an
2: entire day? afternoon.
0: So, but even Jeremy Lin, like, you don't you don't know that like and that doesn't you putting fake dreads in your hair does not teach you that or everything that I just said about our cultural roots how important it is to us about spirituality and hair and and freedom and and all that kind of all that kind of essence of being a woman or all that essence of being black like you don't learn any of that just right. by changing your hairstyle So without a be- lot of people. Don't, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of people don't seek to learn that. They're just like, Oh, that's such a cool hairstyle. <laughs> I love that. I wish my hair could do that. <laughs> oh, it can in some regard?
2: Yeah. Okay,
0: I'm going to do it. It's not even about figuring out the history or, or the people that it affects.
2: So with that being said, are you surprised at the lack of pushback from the people he worked with?
0: I think they're corny for that. Like, I just, uh, I, it's corny. Like, it's like... Y'all have black mamas. I know y'all have black sisters. I mm-hmm. know y'all have black cousins. And even then, mm-hmm. you are black. So even if you haven't done enough research to learn more about yourself and where you come from, I think that makes you very corny. And that in itself is ignorance. And I feel like if you don't, if you tell a guy who's not of your culture who wants to appropriate, if you're like, hey, bro, go for it. Nobody's really gonna care. You've always rocked crazy styles. You rocked a man bun and a mohawk and a, you know, this is just another another phase for you. That's the problem. When they take our hairstyles. And use it as just a phase or just a little bit of attention grabbing mm-hmm. that's the problem but when you like that's cool it's just a phase it's no big deal you'll have another style in another two weeks i'm not you're part of the problem you're corny
1: yeah i agree and i'm not surprised again i'm not surprised at black men dropping the ball here they're the worst in, team
0: in, in the nba, NBA. I'm,
1: I'm not I sur- i'm not surprised but you know i mean jeremy lynn I think if he really had talked to maybe a more diverse group of black people among this he might have got some different perspectives and maybe seen some of the things Princess is saying. And
0: you know what's crazy? The Mm. the I think the woman Savannah that he worked with his colleague or whatever works with the staff, I think That conversation that he had with her was a lot farther than what the guys told him. They were like, okay, whatever, I'll grow my dreads out with you. But even Savannah was like, well, maybe it'll give you a chance to learn. From that, he should have took another conversation with another black woman and said, okay, the black women are giving me the information here and something to actually process. Let me build upon that. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys are just going to co-sign. They don't care. Hair to them is like they get a haircut every two weeks. For us, it's a lot more upkeep. It's It's a lot more rooted in divinity and who we are and things like that. So he should have took that conversation that he had with that first black woman Mm. and prompted another one.
1: I agree, especially and the good point she makes is black hair care for women is different than for men, Mm -hmm. especially also uh, black women who are rocking their hair in their natural state as opposed to women who are adding chemicals, other things like that. Mm -hmm. If if I think about who I think Jeremy talked to, I do believe that sister's a natural uh, hair rocking sister. I think I know who it is and she is a natural hair rocking sister. I don't know too many others that work with the Nets. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure they would have gave the same perspective, but yeah. that is that is what it's, what it's worth. We didn't get to some other stuff we wanted to talk to, but we're out of time on the A Heart Cell Podcast. We want to thank Princess, the first woman to ever be on the A Heart Cell Podcast. That's right, guys. Thanks, guys. We do not call women females. That's not the thing. <laughs> Don't do Cam Newton. Don't be like Cam Newton this week or anything beyond and tell your young men, especially not to use that. you are going to show a lot of respect to the first woman here on this podcast. She is one of the co-hosts of the W podcast, which you can find on iTunes, on SoundCloud. You can follow Princess uh, with the great work she does. She's also in D.C. doing her thing. Um, and we hope to have you back again. Yes. You want to come back? Be
0: back? Yes. Everybody's cool you guys are cool production team is cool i love what you guys are doing like Thank you. I love it. I'm so big on people just taking their own avenues, like, and I can definitely see you guys going so far. I'm so proud of you guys. Like, I'm, I'm a big backpack broadcasting supporter even before I knew who you guys were. I'm just.
1: Thank you. That's always
0: oh, it. Look at him I, smile that's, from ear totally to ear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got you guys. I
1: He was, he was really. And you know what's funny? I will say before we wrap up, we every episode we always have to find we found a way to talk about his favorite rapper, Freddie Gibbs. Oh, and until now, you. I hadn't mentioned yes. it, but now I. Got it in before the end, so. No, but you're looking can, but, at me like, yo, I'm
2: even. If yo, you're Freddy watching YouTube, though, you can see the sticker. So, uh, see, a, you know what I'm saying? In some there. way, in some way, that he black hair. Jesus
0: thing did kind of creep me out, though. But I, I,
1: I explained it. to you. She's still not feeling it. For like, those of you who, Jeremy not, no, head. no, because that was a long <laughs>
0: story. <laughs> Princess, we
1: don't know when you when you come back. We don't know if, <laughs> yeah. if Jeremy Lin will still have dreads.
0: Hopefully or, do, hopefully, and hopefully, I don't get told next time I come back to New We don't Or we
2: might take this to DC. This yeah. is a remote setup.
0: Yeah, we, 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 we might we might have to come. We have to
1: get the whole W podcast team with the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Okay, a little
0: crossover. Yeah,
1: I yeah, love like yeah. it. We should, I think I think we should get that done. Yeah. But uh, another great episode. We want to thank you for being here. We hope the rest of your thank time you, in New guys. York is good, and your card does not get. And pounded uh, <laughs> special thanks to our entire crew here today uh, producer Matthew Feniza assistant produ- producer Matthew Panico Brandon Gordon filling in uh today as director of photography and we have a uh, friend of the program Jeff Armstrong just chilling here today he just he just comes to watch he,
0: <laughs> just, he snapped some pictures you know what
1: he took some I got pictures you. too yo Prince is looking out I'm about to leave him out That's yeah what? you can't be leaving people he out acting like, like he that. just slacking you yeah, came yeah, to work yeah, I can't I can't But another great job by the whole crew done a great job uh, through the five episodes so we definitely want to thank them Uh, we have more great things coming up on our Here and Talk Talk podcast Uh, for Brian Fonseca, Princess Streeter I'm Dexter Henry, till next time